Welcome to episode two, or should I say podcast two, of the Driven 2 series. And uh, today we have a very special guest with us, a longtime friend of mine, actually. So this is really uh, exciting. His name is Andrew Kamal. Yep. Did I say that right? Yeah, man. Most Sweet. people say camel. <laughs> when I was a kid growing up, people would always call the house and like, can I please speak to Mr. Camel? I'd be like, no, it's Kamal, and then hang up on him. Well, we got <laughs> something in common because everyone butchers my last name, Bukalo. They yeah. call me Bukalo, Buckalo, whatever the hell. I don't even Buffalo. think I know how to say it right. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's, it is what it is. You get used to it after a while. But, um, yeah, you guys are going to be in for one sick podcast because this kid not only has been into cars ever since I've met him, which was, I don't know, 10 years ago? Yeah, like 10 years, man. Yeah, so like from the beginning of uh, when I really started to get into cars, and um, he's had a lot of sick builds, and he has a very interesting story too. Overall, genuine guy. So uh, let's let's get into it, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, I lived in San Diego for six years. I didn't see you for that entire time, and then prior to that, when I still lived here, I think I only hung out with you a few times in like that, you know, year or two. Uh, prior so yeah. um catch remember, me up I, I think it was the last time we went for your birthday to what was it oh man bento's bento's yeah place? when you were with the old girlfriend you know <laughs> but Sorry, yeah Becca. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah when you when we went there for your birthday i think that was the time that you were actually getting ready to leave and go to san diego if i'm if i yeah, recall right yeah yeah that could be right yeah that was the last time i think we hung out in person and i saw you again that one time when I met up with you at Mod's Barbershop and we were playing catch-up, when you were, I think, starting to transition to come back to Florida. Yeah, I was visiting. That was during COVID or just before COVID or some, something like that. But, yeah, yeah, I remember the the birthday dinner at Bento. I had the E36 M3. Yeah. Uh, you had – what were you driving? I then? think I was driving the 180SX build, the, the S13 build. Yeah, 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 yeah. Such a sick build, which uh, – <laughs> For you guys listening in on the podcast, you should definitely start watching these podcast videos on YouTube because we're going to put up a picture of that car right now. Yeah. Uh, dude, that that build in itself, one of the most clean S13 builds I've ever seen. He, I, this guy, I mean, you could explain it better than me, but every single bolt was replaced with like an yeah. OEM bolt on yeah. that thing new. Yeah, dude, working at Nissan, I would just get a paycheck. You know, this is when I was young and dumber. You know, <laughs> I'm still young and dumb now, but when I was young and dumber, I would just get a paycheck, a bonus check. I would go into parts. I would just order 10, 15, 20 different parts from little clips, nuts, bolts, uh, plastic fender liners, all of everything you could think of that you can buy new for a 1992 Nissan 240SX. I bought it all. And I built that car in a storage center. I remember I don't know that. if you remember yeah, that. Yeah, Over yeah. there in Winter Garden. Yeah, yeah. People couldn't believe the quality that came out of it and the amount of people that actually helped me build it from the text to Nissan to my friends to using that fender roller that I got from you that one time from the oh, S14. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. You know what was so funny about that day is that I ended up borrowing. I was went to your house to use the fender liner, right? And then right after that, I was like, wait, can I just take it home? Right? And you were like, yeah, you could take it home. So we sat there and rolled the fenders on my S14 in your driveway, hot as fuck with the umbrella. Yeah. You remember the yep. umbrella? You were, <laughs> you were holding it for me and Kevin. And I was like, man, and when I went home that day, me and Kevin both looked at each other and we said, why didn't why didn't we just do this in my garage? Yeah. It was hilarious. I, I would never forget that. I think about it, and I don't even own that fender roller anymore. I left it at Nissan and somebody stole it. Actually, dude, that was a legit fender roller. <laughs> it was. That's unfortunate. It was, man. See, those were the good times though. Like looking back on building cars back then and being into cars, like I, I know one of my uh friends that I met early on in the car scene, shout out Sergio. 
um, he was like one of the first dudes to have a E92 M3 and like slam it and like do crazy stuff to it and like buckled his quarter panel on a wheel once when he was going to meet. Like the thing was wasn't Sergio the one he had the Integra or the RSX or there was one. Kid he had an Audi before that. He had some A4 or something. Uh, I can't recall. But but the whole point of this was that him and his buddies started this like little hashtag back in the day saying like the scene was more fun when we were broke or something like that yeah and i never understood that really because <laughs> yeah. i was always broke up until now really <laughs> but but i get it now you know what i mean it's like as we've gotten older we've bought better cars it's become easier to build cars oh, we've yeah. had access to a lot more stuff blah 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 but it's like those struggles of sweating our nuts off in, in, in these you know situations or just working with what we had is part of the fun you yeah. know what i mean like i mean i remember we uh a couple of friends of mine when we went to car meet in miami we legit slept in our cars on south beach waiting for the the meet to open in the morning and didn't like, you meet me there at, at it was you met me and uh chevo no? chevo emil yeah you guys met me i was there by myself i drove a mods car all the way to the, the rx7 no i drove the s2000 and i set up it the tent it could be and then you guys pulled up after and it was like our first time being like Slam District, which is something we'll talk about later if you want to. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you pulled up and I'm we gonna had, angle this just in case. There you okay, go. yeah, yeah. You pulled up and and Chevo pulled up and we set up the tent and everything. And I don't even think Ahmad and his family was even there yet. And the meet had already started. I think they showed up after the meet. Like you guys, I don't know if we're Possible. gonna talk about Ahmad or anything like that. Absolutely. But that guy is the latest person I know to anything. You can have. A, uh, party at start at 10 o'clock <laughs> and ends at 2 p.m. You know, and he's going to be there at 3 o'clock. <laughs> you know? Listen, he's going to be on the podcast. We'll be doing a video with him soon, too. Love the guy, but uh, I, I can't can't deny that. Well, be ready for him to be late. <laughs> he's definitely going right. to be late. Well, Dylan and I will make sure to tell him be there at 10 a.m. and we'll, we'll be ready at 12. Yeah, man. That's funny. There's so many old stories that, you know, from cars that I resonate just like joy from. Yeah, cars same, brings same. me so much joy in my life and just like just yeah my life might revolve around cars i have cars in my house i've got cars that i go to work and look at i've got you know different things that i just go to help my dad with cars and stuff like that it's like cars bring me so much joy and one thing i'm really blessed to have is that my girlfriend sitting in the back over here soon to be you know we're gonna be having a child congrats she, she loves them too you know, and when I want to go to a car meet or go to something, she's like, yeah, let's go. You found a keeper, man. <laughs> yeah. that, that's a big deal. Seriously, that's a huge deal. Because I'll tell you what, I don't think any car enthusiast like us could truly date someone and be successful in a relationship if their partner does not understand, at least to a certain extent, the, the you know, fascination or the love they have for that, that whole community. It yeah. just doesn't work. Yeah, she supports me buying random $1,000 parts here and there. And she's like... If that's what's going to make you happy, go ahead and buy it. I'm like, yeah, it's going to make me happy for like 10 minutes, but and then I'm going to want to buy more right, parts, but right, right. it's a never-ending never right. ending cycle, you know? Facts, man. But, yeah, it, it's, you know, to get a little deeper into the whole car thing, I can tell you with confidence, looking back on my life, the amount of impact cars has had on my life is, is actually almost ridiculous. Like, 90% of my friends that I've made over the past 10 years are hands down all through cars and the amount of impact cars has had and helped in terms of my mental health 
is also mind-blowing. I mean, I can tell you right now, anytime I've ever been really going through like a tough time, whether it's relationship-based or financially or whatever it is, right? Getting in my car, going for a drive, or just tinkering with my car and messing around was like the ultimate getaway, was the best thing for me yeah. to do. And I, I feel like you could probably relate to that, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of times where I'm frustrated about something from work or just like... I just don't want to be home, but I don't want to go outside and spend a million dollars on something or go to dinner at a restaurant that I've been to, you know, 10 times already. Me and my girl will get in one of the cars and we just go for a drive. We might not have a direction. We just get out and turn right, turn left, go down for 10 minutes, come back. It's just get out of the house and the car brings me joy just by just driving in it. And then, you know, you get the people that give you the thumbs up and stuff like that. And it gives you like, oh, yeah, (laughs) yeah, this is a little adrenaline. Yeah, you get a little adrenaline boost or. You know, the new kids with the pops and the bangs on every single, you know, tune that they do nowadays. It's just, I, I don't understand it. Everybody wants a burble tune and all that stuff. It's not even good for the engine if you know mechanics of cars anyways. But, um, you know, it's just, you get in your car, you go for a drive, or you get in your car and you fix it. Or you get in your car and you break it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you're like, oh my one God. Of, one of the above, you know, yeah. you get in your car, you do all of those things. But from breaking it to driving it to fixing it, it's just like... I enjoy every moment of it. It's like Absolutely. my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. And that's why it's like it almost sounds ridiculous sometimes saying it, but car people can relate to what we're saying. And that's the thing is like it's the ultimate getaway and it's the ultimate place of comfort and peace at times. You know, like I'm not ashamed to say, you know, I, I see a therapist and uh, I did on and off for several years now. And uh, recently my therapist asked me, you know, she was trying to do some type of special therapy with me. I forget what it was called. Um, but I never she, knew that. What? That you were a therapist. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not something I usually <laughs> yeah. tell people. Everyone goes through things. But um, she's like, okay, we need to find your one place of peace, your one safe haven, your, your one place you can go to in your head whenever you're, you know, dealing with something or whatever. You want to guess where that would be? Inside of your car. <laughs> Literally, in my driver's seat, in my car. And so yeah. then she'd have me, you know, imagine me holding on to my steering wheel, looking at my dashboard, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know how much more I can say about just cars have had such an impact on my life that it it's something that I can tell you right now until I'm 90 to 100 years old will be a part of my life. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like my dad. He's like 65 now and 66, I think. I always forget. <laughs> that's, that's how good of a son I am. Still he still is buying cars. He was talking about buying another car just recently, and I'm just like, Dad, you've got... Uh, he built, like, just like I want to do this driveway on the side of my house, he built yeah. a driveway, an extra garage outside of his house. He built all this stuff. He even put AC in the extra garage like so the cars guy. can have AC, and, and that's his happy place. And he likes coming over to my house, which is like a 45-minute drive, so he can drive a different car, get it out of the garage, and then that's like his happy place. And... He always comes over here, like, just recently came over with a part from his Z4, and it's like a mesh netting piece, and he was like, yeah, I don't want to spend $600 to buy a new one. Let's just sew this one that I have and fix it. I don't know how to sew. He showed me how to do the needle, but I used my, you know, my brain to figure out, okay, well, if we sew it this way, it's going to work. Right. And, you know, that's that's all car guys from the old ones to the new ones to the up-and-coming ones, like, Hopefully my unborn daughter, she's going to be a car girl. You know, that's what I'm, I'm praying that's for. That's a fact. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, she could be a car girl and she, that'll be her happy place too. But hey, to each his own. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Well, you know, 
we'll we'll talk cars a little more in our actual drive. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. but let's get a little bit into your business side of things you you know start us from what was your first job you ever had also I, I always like asking this let everyone know what your first car was that you ever had and then kind of guide us through your your career path a little yeah yeah no problem so I started my career path getting a first job with one of my friends we already mentioned Mahmoud his uncle um, it was like a fabric warehouse it was a sweatshop it was horrible like, when I would take my break, there wasn't even air-conditioned room to be in. It was horrible. We used to cut fabric, like like um, basketball material, short fabric and stuff like that, and or like blind material, stuff like that. And we that was one of my first jobs. Um, but I'll never do that again. But you always got to start somewhere, right? Absolutely, dude. It makes <laughs> so, you appreciate where you're at now. Yeah, then I started to, like, make pizza, got into valet. You know, I started to step into where I would be getting into a car industry. Then I got fired from my valet job, you know. Hold on, I gotta stop you real quick. <laughs> Just so you guys all know, same here. I I did valet for three years, decent money. As a car guy, you love driving cars. I mean, mm-hmm. in Florida is miserable because you're hot as hell, dying, and then it pour on you ten minutes later. Yep. Um, but dude, I worked at every hotel: the Ritz, the Four Seasons, the Hard Rock. Uh, Literally every hotel, and and yeah, let's just say I did end up getting fired. Yeah, so I ended up getting fired, and then and that was when I was just like graduating high school, and I didn't know, you know, like most guys that are seventeen to twenty usually don't know what they're gonna do with their life. You know, I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure at that point of your age, you were like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna maybe I'm gonna go to college. Yeah. So you know, I I was already at Valencia, you know, getting my AA, and I decided to go work for Nissan because. One day I was on like a depressed, like just like walk, fitness walk type thing. And this guy I know that owns a 1998 Nissan 240SX, a kooky. Mm-hmm. He still owns it too. This guy's name's Colin. Mm-hmm. Um, he saw me walking. He pulled over on the side of the road and he was like, what are you doing out here? Like he just asked me, what you, what's wrong with you? Like, why are you out here in the middle of the road? Like you're like 20 minutes from your house, bro. Because he knew where I lived and he lived in that direction. And uh, he's like. So you got fired from your job. I told him the whole story. Yeah. You got, you know, $1,000 to your name. You, you, you don't have no money. And you're t- I told him that I wanted to join the military. You know, I'm going to just enlist. He said, the military is for runaways, people who run away from their problems. They, they have no choice but to just go there, collect some money. And it, it really hit me. I was like, damn, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a bitch, you know. I'm, I'm going to take, take what's going on and figure it out. Sure. No, so, no offense to anyone in the military. Yeah, no offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Appreciate your service, everybody <laughs> out there. You know, I have two brother-in-laws yeah. that are in the service, and they do yeah. great. You know, but I ended up, you know, he ended up offering me, he said, hey, my friend Derek, which is a car guy, he's got 240s and all kind of stuff, too. He works at Reed Nissan. Mm-hmm. And he said, why don't you go over there, and I'm going to call them and tell them you're going to come over there and see Derek and talk to him. So I go and I talk to this guy, Derek. I never met him before. He just started talking to me. He said, yeah, you got some good car knowledge. Let's, let's come back in and interview with the service manager. So I went in to interview the service manager, which my interview was like 10 minutes. He asked me if I knew how to type, how many words I could type per minute, which I think was like maybe like 60 or something like that. I, I have bad. no idea. Yeah. Now I suck. I type with one finger at a time. But um, he asked me a couple random questions, and he said, all right, you'll be good. So I go to you know do the drug test to pass it because I'm a drug-free person. I don't do any drugs, you know? Nice, nice. I try to stay healthy. No alcohol either. Good for you. Um, and... I go in, do the drug test. They call me the next day, say, all right, you're hired. You can start next week. At that time, 
I had my 240SX, the same one that I built and did a whole bunch of stuff with. Um, it had an RB25, and it was so nice. I blew the motor. <laughs> so I had no way to get to work, to this new job that I needed to go. And there was this group of girls that me and my friend Amr used to hang out with. They were taking me to work for the first week when I first started there until I got my first paycheck to be able to fix my motor, which ended up just being a timing belt. And I didn't, it wasn't blown. You know how, you know, you're young, you're dumb, you don't know anything about cars. I got yeah. some advice. So that's how I got my foot in the door at Nissan. And now here I am. That was, what, 2011, 2012 time. Now here it is, 2022, and I'm still working for Nissan. And it's changed my life. Like, I went from the kid in the barbershop that all the other guys that drove M3s and Mercedes, AMGs and all that stuff, and my two-tone 240 with a blown motor and no AC to where I'm at now, you know, homeowner with, you know, a collection of cars and yeah, still collecting. Yeah, too many to count. You, yeah. you don't even know the number yeah. off the top of your head. <laughs> Sometimes I forget, but it's okay. Yeah. But still, I, you know, I started with a piece of crap job in, you know, a warehouse sweating, and now I'm at here. And when I was 17, 18 years old, I always say this, I never thought I was going to be here. Yep. But it's, it's, to me, it's the perseverance. It's like you get up every day and you try to be better every single day. 1% better, 2% better, whatever you think of. Some people scale it. But me, I just want to be better every day so at the end of the year, I can look back and say, okay, I did all of this last year. That's old news now. Yeah. Now I have to do all of this this year. Yeah. And the way I'm going to do it is I'm just going to get up every day, no matter what, if I'm sick, I'm tired, my dog barked all night, and I'm going to go to work, and I'm going to try and make as much money as I can because yeah. I work in a commission-based job, you know, and you got to be there to make money no matter what. If you're not there, you ain't making money. Right. And it's just like I'm pretty sure with what you do. If you ain't there to train the people, That's it. you ain't going to make no money. Nope. So and I see this with a lot of new kids that come into that place. They're like, oh, I want to make, you know, big-time money. Well, you got to work like at least five to ten years and figure out how you're going to make the big time and you got to get a customer base you got to learn how to fix the cars you got to know what you're talking about and that all comes with with time experience consistency patience, consistency and getting up every day and every day you show up every day you wake up the guy that's gonna be next to me that thinks they're gonna do better than me and i always say this to my girl i say they always hire these new people and they think they're gonna be better than me not saying i'm the best right because i'm imperfect nobody's perfect but I always tell them, okay, sure, but they always call out. Then they always, you know, fail to do something with a customer. Or they always fail to do this. And then I try to help them, to point them in the right direction because I'm not arrogant. I like to help people, you know. Right. When you get a new job in a new place, you don't know what to do. So I remember when I was first starting in Nissan, nobody wanted to help me. But along came one person, and he's still a good friend of mine, which he went through a really bad hardship early. His name is Joey Cologne. And when he started at Reed Nissan, he showed me how to talk to the customers, how to, you know, communicate with them, how to, you know, explain that this circuit and this microphone is blown because the ohms and the resistance is, you know, negative 0.3 or there's an open circuit in the mic, you know, super technical stuff that some right. viewers might know or not. But I have no idea what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> how to test resistance yeah. and explain to the customer or the warranty company how to do my job. And yeah. Because that guy took his time to show me these things and how to explain everything and break mechanical knowledge on me, it made me a whole different type of animal yeah. <laughs> in that industry, yeah, yeah. you know? And 
in the industry that I'm in, it's all about knowledge and helping. You know, you got to help every customer that walks through the door. Right. I'm sure you've taken your BMW into BMW, Fields BMW, or a service facility somewhere. Yeah. The moment you walk in that door and somebody doesn't acknowledge you and there's just somebody there just like, just like, yo, what's up? Yeah. Hey, how you doing, man? How can I help you? Yeah. You're going to be like, I'm not going to get this guy none of my money. You know, if, I, if you walked in and I was like, hey, Alex, how you doing, man? Welcome to Fields BMW. What can I help you? What can I help you with today? You're going to be like, oh, all right, cool. You know, you want a bottle of water here, man? Take a bottle of water while you wait for me to help you. Listen, you know? man, I'll tell you right now. In this very day and age, I think COVID made it 10 times worse. But what you're describing is customer service. And customer service is something that I feel has gone downhill so badly. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because a lot of businesses are, are struggling to find people to want to work or what the situation is at hand. If training uh, uh, businesses has gone downhill, I don't know. But customer service goes such a long way. You could be oh, yeah. the best at your craft, but if your customer service sucks, yeah. you're not going to get business. You're not going to get business, no. Your food could be the best at a restaurant. If you don't at least acknowledge someone walking in and you don't give them the time of day, Odds are they're not coming back. I've been in that situation so many times. And I don't yeah. know, maybe I've become a big stickler about things like that. But I'm telling you right now, man, the food could be mediocre at a place. And if they're on top of their service, they're super friendly. They they Welcoming. Welcoming. And, and shoot, they give me a, a, a drink for free. Yeah. I can promise you. You'll be back. Even if I wasn't super happy with the food, I'll be back. Yeah. And I'll probably recommend it to someone else too. Yeah. Right? So... I don't know why that's so hard to understand. And maybe a lot of people just have to learn that with their own experience. But customer service is key and persistency. So, you know, most people nowadays as well, I think with just the fast pace of life, if you told them you've worked at Nissan for 10 years, they'd be like, geez, dude, that's a long time. I'd be miserable. Most people yeah. can't imagine doing something uh, for 10 years straight. I like my job. I like the 10 years that I put into my job because Good. it's given me so much out of my life and experiences and able to go on vacations out of this country and, you yeah. know, do do everything that I want to do because I, I like going in and I like helping the customers. There's a lot of customers, let's just say, like, the grandma, she comes in. Mm -hmm. She's got a 1999 Nissan Sentra, and she's got a, a blown engine or she doesn't have a blown engine. She just has a check engine light for a gas cap. It's so common in my industry that she goes to a Meineke or goes to a Tires Plus or a, a Firestone and the 19-year-old kid or even 55-year-old old man that's, you know, the, the scam artist, you know, and they go in there and they say, well, you need a catalytic converter, uh, coil pack and, you know, cap and rotor and all this stuff and your check engine will go away. They know that the old lady's going to pay for it. Oh, absolutely. You want to know why? Because the old lady probably doesn't, her husband maybe passed away, her kids don't live in this in this city, then she's going to have to fix it because guess what? That old lady relies on that car yep. to go from point to point. But if that old lady just needed a gas cap and you tell her, hey, Miss Smith, your gas cap was bad, I went ahead and replaced it, it was within the amount you signed for for diagnostic, they, they give up, like, are you serious? Oh, yeah. Are, are you, are Andrew, I don't owe you any more money. They're so shocked yeah, that I did that. You know, and then you know what happens when their car needs a uh, transmission flush or all those preventative maintenance things that cars need all the time, you know, to keep on going. She she's going to come back to me and, she, and biggest, she's not going to want to go see. Um, no, you know, scam drew at, at Firestone. She's going to come see scam Andrew drew. at Nissan. You Damn know right. I mean? That was good. No. And, and the biggest thing is 
I, I can tell you from firsthand experience, the best form of marketing is word of mouth marketing, and yeah. that's free. And guess what? Better than that lady continuously having your you, you having her business for forever until yeah. she's you know no longer old and maybe <laughs> she's cremated. But yes, correct. <laughs> She's going to tell every single one of her friends in her retired community about you guys. Yep. And I mean, that in itself is going to build that business tenfold. And that, that's a lot of times what happens for me. I, I'll help one customer. I might just do an oil change. But I was so nice to them that they're like, hey, um, my daughter's in town and her engine isn't running right. And it might not even be a Nissan. Sometimes yeah. they bring me their Toyotas, their their their. Uh, Kias, Hyundai's, yeah. all this stuff. They bring me all kind of cars. Like, and I'll tell them what's wrong with it, and we'll fix it. You know, a mechanic is a mechanic. They can fix anything. When you bring it to a dealership, some people are under the you know influence, like, oh, I can only bring a Nissan to Nissan. No, you can bring any car to any mechanic because a mechanic can fix a car. That's yep. what that's what they're trained to do. Yes, we can fix a Nissan faster, but we can still fix whatever. So a lot of times people just bring me whatever car, and I'll I'll just fix it. Yeah. You know, whatever's wrong with it, just fix it. And I'll tell them everything that's wrong with it. You got, you know, a million things wrong with your car if it's a really bad car. And I'm like, I don't even recommend you to fix the car. There's a lot of guys that if the car is too far gone, they're like, yeah, just put the transmission in it. Right. And, and knowing that they've got oil leaks all in their engine, I said, no, I'll stop it right there. And I was like, listen, you put $5,000 in this car, you're, you're not going to be lasting for the $5,000 worth that you think it's going to be. Yeah. The car's not worth that much money. Yeah. Just go trade it in and get a new car. And that's another way I build trust with customers. You know, and I didn't yeah. learn this in my first day. You know, my first day I was trying to sell everybody everything, trying to learn the business. You know, sure. now it's more about the customer service side. Help the customer just get what they're trying to accomplish first. And then once you get past that step, mm -hmm. then you can start advising them on what else they need. It's like when you go in a restaurant, get me my water so I can drink it. Then I'll order off your menu. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. How many times you go into a restaurant and you just want a glass of water yeah. because maybe you're dying of thirst, you were on a long road trip and you finally got to your it's location. The little things. It's just, just give me my glass of water or a soda if I want a soda right now, you know? Yeah. And then I'll order something and then they completely forget about the water and like, oh my God, I forgot about the water. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's the little things. It really is. It's the details that matter. Yeah. So with that said, guys, if you are in the Orlando, actually, you know what? Let me rephrase well, I work that. at Nissan and Coco now. Okay, so if you're within the Florida area, I promise you it'll be worth your trip yeah. to check out Nissan and Cocoa Beach. Cocoa, Florida. It's, Is that it's not called Cocoa Mike Beach? Urban Nissan. No, this, so there's actually Cocoa, and then it turns into Cocoa Beach. And I learned that since I started working at this dealership. I never knew there was, as I grew up in Florida, I never knew there was a difference between Cocoa and Cocoa Beach. Oh. It's actually two different cities. I had no idea. Well, we'll leave the, the address in the uh, description for you guys so you can check them out. But yeah, I mean, clearly, you know where to go if you're looking for a Nissan. And do you guys have a, a variety of other trade-ins, I'm assuming, yeah. that are not Nissan? Yeah, the, the owner actually owns Toyota, Nissan, and Cadillac. And are you capable of helping within any of those dealerships? All of them. Beautiful. There whatever, you go. Whatever they need, I can help and cross... Whatever they want. So whoever wants to get a Supra, hit yeah. up Andrew. Yeah, come get a Supra from me. I'll make sure it's fast. Yes, sir. <laughs> but all right, so let's move on a little bit. So you've been working there. Yep. 10 plus years now. Your foreseeable future is going to continue working there, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I, I plan to work as long as I can because a lot of people, if you're not working, you're, you're probably spending money. Dude, it's true. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. I work six days a week by choice. Mm -hmm. I can only, I should only work five days a week, but I work six days a week by choice. My only day off is today, Friday. That's it. 
I take one day off a week. And one of the main reasons I take Fridays off is because it's a, a religious holiday, Islamic holiday. Got I don't it. get too far into religion, you know. But cool. I didn't know that. It's, yeah. it's an Islamic holiday, and you go to the mosque and you pray. And it's usually between 12 and 1 o'clock you go and you pray and you, you say thanks to God, Allah. And uh, that's the main reason. Other than that, I can work every other day, and it doesn't bother me, like, at all. A regular person is like, oh, my God, I've already worked three days this week. <laughs> they, they count down the hours. <laughs> they man. count down the hours, yes. yes. Now, I'm not going to lie. There's some days where it comes to Thursday, and it's like 12 o'clock, and I'm like, oh, my God, I want to go home. Sure. You know, You're I'm human. human. You're human, but exactly. I choose to work that because it's just, if I'm not working, I'm going to spend money, like, Probably once we're done with this podcast, I'm probably going to go to lunch or dinner with my girl. And yep. there's actually a, a drag race event that Don Omar is putting out on Orlando Speed World today. No way. That if it's not raining, I'm going to go. And it's I like $45 a ticket. So it's like me, me and my girl. <laughs> and it's me, my girl, and then, you know, two other people. So it's, that's money, you know. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I work as much as I do. Not because... I don't want to spend money because I'm a cheap ass. I kind of am. Me too. <laughs> but, unless it comes to car stuff. Yeah, unless it comes to car stuff or something my girl wants. When she wants something, it's uh, you got to buy it. Great. Well, <laughs> I know? hope my girlfriend doesn't watch this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you might give her some ideas. Oh, boy. But, yeah. No, dude, that's funny you say that because I think that all the time. I still do my typical Monday through Friday, you know, um, long days. But I, I, I take the weekends off. And a lot of times I do find myself on the weekends sitting in my house thinking like, dude, I really don't want to spend money. But the second I leave this house, hundred dollars gone, gone, dude, I, I, I mean, I like gas, gas alone in your car is, is, is $70 bro, fill up, right? I, yeah. I mean, I really <laughs> consider yeah, it is actually, that's yeah. exactly right. So the moment you fill up $70, then you get to your location. <laughs> I just don't get it. Like, I don't even know where the money goes. And then by the end of the weekend, I'm like. I didn't do much, but I definitely am down $500. Like, yeah. what the hell? Yeah, that goes with inflation now, too, which is crazy. Nuts. It's because yeah. of those stimulus ballers. They wanted all that money. Bro, <laughs> I, I just literally heard on the radio the other day. I, I actually had to laugh out loud. Uh, they were talking about how the uh, government's really going to start cracking down on all the PPP scams that went on during oh COVID. Bro, the Millennium Mall, Gucci store line, Louis Vuitton line, a mile long. All those people, I mean, listen, I'm just saying, all those people are probably going to have to sell their Gucci real quick because, uh, I mean, it just, it they're, doesn't they're make gonna, sense. They're going to come into a point where these, these government people are going to find them because yeah. who would apply in their right mind? What dummy is going to go to the government and say, I need 10 grand? And next thing you know, you're giving them your social, you're giving them your street address. Bro. And then they were using, uh, what I heard is they were using other people. Like, I would reach out to you and be like, hey, Alex, I can make you five grand right now if you just send me all your personal information. And these I believe it. dummies were doing it. I and they were it. making more money. And all. And some, I think some people have already gone to jail for it. I'm or sure. Have some big jail time or fines or stuff like that. But the, the amount of people that f are going to, like, fall at fault for this and get it, oh, like, yeah. incarcerated or fined, it's going to be more than that $10,000. Oh, yeah. You know? It's ridiculous. And the headache that comes with that, dude. It's oh, just, yeah. But, hey, I mean, to each of their own. They, they balled out and had fun for the time <laughs> being. Meanwhile, I was sitting inside doing nothing, but, you know. That was during a period when you were, like, COVID, it, like, shut your business down yeah. in California, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's essentially why I'm back in Florida. And for many people, COVID was a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Uh, me being one of them, you know, overall, uh, you know, I 
long story short, I, I really, really, I said this on the last podcast too, but it took me several years to build up my, my personal training business to what it was. Um, in 2019, I had a record year and ready to top that record year 2020. March hits, COVID hits, boom, overnight, business shuts down. For over a year, dude, I sat around in San Diego with my girlfriend, literally just going on adventures to LA, doing like whatever uh, car-based stuff, right? Literally, yeah. like, bro, we, um, I'll put a picture of right now too, but we literally, COVID was so weird. Beverly Hills, like Rodeo Drive, that whole area was a ghost town 99% of the time. And uh, we would literally post up in the middle of the street in Rodeo Drive and have photo shoots with the F80 oh, uh, yeah. in front of like the, the whatever YSL store and stuff. But and didn't um, they rob those stores and like they so break into some of those? That was the other weird thing. So I was there still during the time when the whole uh, uh, BLM movement was happening. Oh yeah, happening. Black Lives Matter stuff, yeah. Yeah, and, and they had to board up all that stuff. And dude, I mean, we lived at that time in downtown San Diego and yeah. we would see from our balcony when these riots were happening, the police shooting their like sandbag guns at people and stuff like, I mean, it was insane. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so, you know, a year went by, I didn't, I, I couldn't work. None of my clients, because a lot of them were older, uh, wanted me to even come to their house and train. So ultimately I said, shoot, what am I doing here? Life's, you know, cost of living so much cheaper in Florida. I got family and friends down there. Um, Let's just, you know, go ahead and pack up and move to Florida. Moved here, rebuilt from scratch, essentially. But, yeah, uh, yeah I kind of lost my train of thought. But, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's how I ended up back here, man. And, yeah. uh, you know, overall, I'm grateful for, for that because God knows where I'd be uh, if I was still in California. I don't think I would have been able to buy a house and, and be where I'm at at this point. So Yeah, California is super. I went on a vacation for my birthday just recently. Um, I went to Las Vegas, and then I drove over to California and to L.A. I went to Santa Monica Pier, uh, San Sacramento, or San Diego. I don't remember the other San one. Francisco? San Francisco? I don't remember the other one that I went to. I forget. It's where the Sunset Cliffs are. You know where that is? Sunset Cliffs. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's San Francisco. Uh, uh, Santa my girlfriend's Monica from San Francisco, so that's embarrassing that I don't know that. Uh, <laughs> Sunset Cliff sounds very familiar. No, maybe that's San Diego. I think it's San Diego. I lived there. I don't know. Possibly. Yeah, but we went over there. Man, that place is... California is nice. It's gorgeous, dude. It's great. But yeah. it's also not worth the cost of living. It's also not worth the shitty roads that you pay yeah, extra tax for roads. and they're garbage. It's not worth the extra income tax. It's not worth a lot of things. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just the cost of living, dude, in my opinion, is not worth it. I'd rather deal with a little bit of humidity here and... and a little bit? A lot of it. <laughs> this is Florida, oh. bro. We were washing the car earlier and I was already sweating for after like three minutes. And yeah, and you don't ever get used to that. But the reality, too, is we do have several months here in Florida where it's gorgeous. I mean, fall, winter, even spring is, in my opinion, very nice here. Yeah. So, you know, you deal with it a little bit and... Uh, or a lot of it, as you say, and then, then you know, you enjoy the rest with half the cost. Yeah, no, Florida is so. nice. I love this place. Every time I go on vacation somewhere and I come back, I'm always like, nah, I, I like where I live. Yeah, dude. Yeah, we live in the middle of a vacation state where everybody, all your family members, you have family in Germany, right? Yeah, or, all my family's in all Germany. All your family, they come over here and they're probably like, yeah, let's go to Disney, let's go to Universal. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and then they all, everybody comes here and then they branch off and do whatever else they want. But this, yeah. is, this is like the main 
hub hotspot for tourists in, in the United States, I feel like. So. And I mean, I don't think we can deny that Florida is like one of the hottest places, not uh, weather-based, but one of the hottest destinations to move to currently. I mean, since COVID hit, dude, Miami's oh popping off. Miami's growing. It's like literally going to be the, the newest, uh, uh, what do they call it, Silicon Valley. All the yeah. tech stuff's moving to Miami. Tampa's growing like by the second. Tampa's a huge you know place now too. Orlando's steadily growing. So I think given another 10 years, Florida's going to be even more in demand and prices of everything will go more here. But the thing is, we're established here for the most part, so we're okay. Yeah, we're good. You know what I mean? New people coming. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But still, it's a good place to move to. Um, So, yeah, man. I mean, that I, I think overall... I'm already happy with this podcast, dude. It's good to good to yeah. see you again. It's yeah, it's been bro. a while. Yeah, man. Um, in regards to you know your your job, your your career, and everything. Actually, hold on a minute. I can't believe you didn't mention this. So let's let's touch on addiction motorsports a little. Yeah, real yeah, quick, yeah. Dude. I, I I didn't get into it because I was waiting for you to an- ask me the question. I'm sorry, bro. you're right, dude. You know? I, this is my second <laughs> podcast. I I know I'm I need to lead. I'm learning. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so addiction motorsports. Go yeah. ahead. So addiction motorsports and performance parts is the legal name of the business. Most people know it as just addiction motorsports. It's something I started because I love cars mm-hmm. and I want to spread that passion across to, you know, first and foremost, friends and family. So if they want to buy car parts, and I started it on a website. You know, first it was word of mouth, and I started on a website. I built the website on a big commerce site. I did it all myself. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work. Yeah. I recommend next time for anybody to uh, hire somebody to integrate everything, which is one thing that I learned too. Don't hire just anybody, oh, which absolutely. I did hire somebody to help me with um, search engine optimization. And we won't mention who I, I know. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I, I hired somebody for that. And this person told me that they were going to do all these things. And, you know, I knew how to monitor that stuff. You know, I, I'm not a tech geek, but you put me in front of a computer and I'm going to know if you change something or not. So, he was telling me he was doing all this stuff, and nothing changed. No traffic to the website. He's paying close to, you know, $700 a month for this guy to do this kind of stuff. And I was getting more traffic to the website on my own. He would say he would train something and this. And the website did generate some revenue. Did it generate a profit to take me out of what I spent? No. So a lot of times I would get, you know, a lot of emails and orders and things like that, or orders and order canceliza- cancelizations or whatever you want to say, cancelizations. Mm-hmm. Can't, yeah, cancelizations. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And um, people would try to scam you, man. There was one time on Facebook, this guy ordered an uh, intercooler and got it delivered to Sand Lake Road, which you're from here. You know where yeah. Sand Lake Road is. That's probably like 30 minutes away from here. Yeah. And he said it never got delivered. You know, and I had to fight with him on that case. I was running stuff on eBay. eBay was doing well. And then... I was drop shipping majority of the products that I have, primarily VRSF stuff, because that's what a lot of guys, you know, the turbo BMW guys, that stuff was hot when I started, and everybody was just ordering downpipes like crazy. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a situation where I had Facebook, this guy ordered probably tons of parts. And Facebook, the way they work is they give me the money, right? The buyer gets their parts. They don't release the money until I put a shipping you know, um, tracking number. Okay. Put a tracking number in, and then after I put the tracking number in, then they'll send me my funds three days later. Well, once I do that, and the customer receives their goods, they can just go in there and say they never received the goods. Yeah. This guy tried to scam me for like five grand. He ordered like tons of stuff, all related to one type of car, 
and people make orders like that. I'm sure you've went on a website and yeah. ordered a bunch of parts for a singular car, so it didn't look sketchy to me because people have done it before. Sure. And that was one of the main things that drove me out of the online sales side of it. Mm. You know, so I, I did shut down the website. I still do have all my accounts. I still legally own the business and all everything. So if anybody needs anything, they still can reach out to me. Uh, my Instagram is still active. It's at Addiction Motorsports. So I'm sure you'll link it somewhere yeah, around yeah. in one of these areas in the we'll video. Do. We'll do. Um, and people now, I think, like we were talking about with the customer service side of it, people are more friendly to go into a business where they're going to talk to somebody and say, hey, especially when it has to do with cars, right? Because you've got these giants out there like in Juku Racing, Drift HQ. I'm sure you've heard of them when you're of building course, your, yeah. all these giants out there that have established themselves so well that I was trying to go up against. And it was like, dude, I can't get no traffic from these people. All I wanted to generate, like looking at the scale, the business is like a $3 billion business, you know, yearly. People spend $3 billion a year on aftermarket performance parts. Wow. I just wanted to capture like 0.01% of that. Sure. You know, which you still, I, dude, I still think you can. And the thing is, I've heard so many stories, horror stories over the years of like what you've said. And I know uh, Matt from Lowered Lifestyle, not sure if you're familiar with him, but he's posted so many times online too about how people, tr you know, order a whole air ride setup and then say that same garbage. And then yeah. he has to fight with PayPal forever to, to and it's, it's like, I don't know why people suck so much, dude. Like, and the people don't realize that I'm using my money right. to buy the parts, you know, right. until I can save up enough money for inventory. Right. I didn't even get to that level. I didn't get to the level where I can start to have inventory because I got scammed on so many different occasions that the scammers won, and it cost me money. So it was yeah. just like the profits I would generate would go right back into, you know, filling back the negative voids. Right. So it just was like... Dude, there's got to be a way around it, though, dude, because I mean, I don't know, maybe I can help you look into that, too, or we can talk to someone else that runs a very successful business, you know, online that way. But obviously, online is the world we live in now. And yeah. and I don't know, maybe there's a better way to protect yourself, a specific way to only take payments where you can't really scam as easily or something. But you dude, there's so much potential there. And I mean, you know, I appreciate you. I remember when I was starting to build the E46 drift car, and I was building the that 2J. That here now, right? Yeah, yeah, sitting in my garage. I haven't seen it yet. I know, and I got to get back to that, man. It's just I've had other priorities. But I, I ordered, I think, my my Garrett Turbo from you. I yeah. ordered a bunch of parts through you, and uh, it arrived to San Diego flawlessly, yep. right? So it's not it, – dude, it's, it's definitely such a scalable business, and I'd love to help you with that too. It's just – I guess it's going to take a little more research. And now that you've kind of stepped back from it a little, you should really figure out a way to bulletproof it as much as possible and then roll with it again. I mean, even if you stay at Nissan, so what? This yeah. is such an incredible business you can scale on the side. And, and you know, just like I started this whole YouTube podcasting as a passion uh, project that, you know, I'm assuming it will turn into something bigger. That can be your passion project that turns into something bigger as well. So Yeah, and the, the ultimate goal is to have a shop. That, that is the ultimate goal. Uh, yeah, I remember we turn said it, that. Yeah, I want to turn it into a shop, and I'm switching my gears in that term and, and just invest my money in something that I know because every day I wake up and I go to a shop, and I help run the shop, Yeah, and I help make money for the shop. And if I can do that for somebody else, I can do that for myself. Absolutely. So if I know the logistics and the inside and the customer service side of what people like as a shop, 
then I can do that on my own. And that's that's where I'm trying to the end road end result is that. And along with having addiction motorsports as the the baseline where yeah, I'm gonna do regular maintenance because you know, like I said, the ninety nine year old grandma with the ninety nine <laughs> Sentra is gonna need her car to get fixed and she's gonna need a trustworthy face. And yeah. and that's the face I wanna be in the industry at the same time, capture that business. But then when my friends like you call me and say, Hey, I want to put on uh, Acaprovic or Acaprovic exhaust or something like that. Yeah. Or I want to get a new clutch and put it in my F80. Or, hey, what would you charge me to do this? I want to be on appointment-wise for customers like that and have the regular side of the shop, you know, and take care of cars from domestic imports, you know, all kind of stuff, exotics, yeah. everything. Yeah. And then still also do the performance side of it because that is my passion. Yeah. I'm not going to give up on it. I still have a, a board in my room that... It has uh, Addiction Motorsports and Performance Parts LLC, and then also has a whole bunch of my investment stuff that I do too. Yeah. Um, and that's the basis for what I want to do. I want to have the shop. I want to have the online business still. I want to have all of it going. Mm-hmm. And But I, I want to have that physical location because one thing they don't tell you about these online businesses is most of these online businesses have a brick-and-mortar location. And there's a lot of accounts that you can get with better discounts this is just insider information for mm-hmm. anybody that's out there um you can get better discounts if you have a brick and mortar location which is for people who don't know what a brick and mortar location is it's a business of actual yeah. place you drive whether it's to. a warehouse yeah. or or you know, actual a physical location front. that right. has an office and right. a storage facility right. where you can store stuff you get better discounts and sometimes those companies will say i don't have a distribution center in the midwest or in in orlando florida which i'm pretty sure there's a ton of people I don't have somebody in St. Cloud, Florida yeah. that has these type of distribution. I need I need somebody out there. Yeah. And they, you know, that's a door that can open where they can say, I'm gonna keep all my stuff here and you ship it out. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of a lot of ways to make money in the business in that terms where you're just a warehouse distributor for them, but you make a profit off of everything you ship out for them. Right. And there's there's different ways and I have a good idea what I want, but I just need to get it, you know the ball rolling. Ball rolling and yeah. get it bulletproof, but there's different things, you know, life comes up. For sure, dude. And, I mean, everything in due time. And then as long as you have a vision and you start, you know, to execute it piece by piece, dude, it's, it's going to go somewhere. I mean, you already took the initiative to start up Addiction Motorsports in general, right? So yeah. now it's just a matter of phase two of Addiction Motorsports, lock down that location, and then I really would highly suggest trying to tackle online sales again on the side too. Yeah. Because then you can tap into the rest of the world, or yeah, at least the, the U.S., market. you know what yeah. I mean, opposed to just this little area we live in. So um, I'm excited for that, man. Yeah, I can't too. wait to see where that goes. Yeah, me too. I, I, you know, I just got to get it started. Yes, sir. Yeah. But dope, dude. Should we uh, go uh, mob around in these cars? We could do it, man. They all got gas. Hopefully they start. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, guys, um, thank you for tuning in. If you haven't uh checked out all the other videos that we've done keep in mind we don't just do podcasts we do podcasts and then we also go ahead and shoot car footage inside and outside the car we have faster media who kills it with these edits um so now you get to kind of see all of andrew's hard work and where his money goes for the most part yeah so uh yeah dude i appreciate you um is there any other links or shout outs you wanted to give um no, just everybody no. who does watch this, you know, just work hard, try your best at whatever you do. And everybody who does watch this that knows me, 
I appreciate everything that everybody's ever done for me in my life from friends, family, you know, people I've met. I, I don't remember everybody off the top of my head, but yeah, yeah. thank you to everybody that's helped me to get to where I am now. I love it, dude. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome, man. And, you know, biggest thing that I'm going to keep saying every single video for Driven 2 is that my big vision with Driven 2 as a company, as a brand, is not just materialistic things, cars and, and whatever else this leads into, but I really do want to also give back with Driven 2. And so, you know, anytime I interview someone, if, if you have your own charity foundation or, or charity or foundation that you give to, I'll always link that in the description as well. Um, and, you know, it's just a matter of the car community helped me so much in my life in a positive way that I also, being part of the car community, want to give back and make it greater than just the car community, if that makes sense. You know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. In any, I don't care if I'm helping animals, people, whatever. Just driven, help. Yes, I'm driven to help the world become a better place, essentially. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So that that's my vision with this. Uh, I, I think as, as time goes on and this all evolves, it'll probably, the vision will be a little more clear. But uh, yeah, dude, I'm excited. So with that said, let's, let's go uh, mob around these cars, dude. Yeah, let's do this. Awesome. All right, guys. See ya. See ya.